Welcome to the Mission Guys podcast, where we talk about anything related to leading transformation in the church. I'm Nick Jorgensen. And I'm Rick Pop, and we are missionaries at Acts 29. And as usual, it's our hope that we can help you, help you as church leaders, leadership teams, leaders of families, and leadership practitioners to more effectively mobilize the church to achieve its mission. So this episode today is part three, Rick, of our three-part miniseries. Yes, it is. It's a leadership deep dive into what we call the three essential principles for transformation here at X29. This series is intended to be really practical and immediately helpful to apply these principles for you as a leader and in your leadership teams or whatever group or, or team you're a part of. But in this episode, we're talking about the third essential principle, which is God has the plan. So if you haven't heard episode one and two in this series, we encourage you to go to those. But this episode is all about understanding how God reveals his plan to us, his desire to do that, so that we can do what he wants us to do and not merely what we're thinking about doing. First, we're going to open in prayer. All right. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious Father, our perfect Father, we thank you, Lord God, for all of our blessings. We thank you especially for leaders in the church, in families, in schools. Lord, we thank you for these leaders who have committed their lives to do your will and lead others on your mission. We ask that you be present with us today as we share our thoughts and hopefully function as instruments of your peace, of your love, and as missionaries on your mission for us. May our discussion impact the people who are here with us today so that they can even be better leaders on that mission that you've put us on. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for that prayer, Rick. So let's do a quick recap as we talk about this third essential principle. What are these three essential principles? Well, the first one is reacquiring a biblical worldview. The second one is it's not enough to be a staff. And the third one is God has the plan. These three principles, we are convinced, are an alloy. What we mean by that is one of them on their own, that's good. But the three of them together create something entirely new. They bring real deep transformation. So just a quick, again, brief touch on the first two as we open up this third one today. So reacquiring a biblical worldview. This Right out of the gate, this reminds us that as Christians, we see everything differently. To be a Christian is to see everything in creation differently. Every relationship, every person, every job, every task, every creature, everything is different when you're a Christian. But at the heart of this biblical worldview is um, uh, the proclamation of the gospel. And, you know, we like to reference four questions that make up the gospel. Why is there something rather than nothing? Uh, Why is everything so obviously messed up? What, if anything, has God done about it? And if he's done something about it, and he sure has, how do we respond? So at the heart of this biblical worldview is a proclamation of the gospel with a chance to respond anew. Take take it in and really say, okay, Lord, who are you? So that I can operate from the way you see the world and not the way I see it. And in that episode, we, we strongly encourage you as a leader and as leadership teams 
to reacquire, maybe re-experience the gospel as a team, whether it's through the rescue project right. or whether it's through reading a book together, but kind of reground yourselves in the power of the gospel so that you see everything from a biblical worldview. A little bit of review on the second essential principle, which was our last episode, and that is it's not enough to be a staff. And in that one, we dig, we dug into personal health, you know, as an individual, actively pursuing your own personal healing, whether that's from childhood or anything that's led up to today and all the impacts, uh, the lens by which we see ourselves and then as we see others. So there's the personal element of of healing and then the importance of team health where you're communally pursuing or becoming a healthy team. So there's a team healing and there's this journey to becoming more than just a staff, people going to a job, punching a clock, and even more than a highly effective team to become truly a family on mission where you care about each other. You actually love each other. Even if there's things that bother you about each other, that's natural. <laughs> there always but, will be. <laughs> yeah, but to, but to, to, be, to be disciples together on the journey to accomplish what God has set you on is a beautiful thing. Whether it's a diocese, a, a business, a parish, a family, and it is possible. And then that brings us to today's episode, the third of the, in the three-part series. Yeah, we've been eager to do this one. Um, that we pray in order to know what to do. I mean, that's, that's what it means to say God has the plan. We pray in order to know what to do. Because typically, I mean, I, I can speak for myself, both in parish ministry and diocesan ministry, even in family life, so often, like, we're working hard, we're, we're encountering problems, um, we're planning out the next quarter or year, the next, you know, part of our process in our parish or whatever it might be. And we, we kind of come up with an idea or make a decision, and then, we're, then we pray that God blesses it, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're, we, we pray, okay, Lord, bless the plan we just came up with or bless the activity we're about to do. But it's less common to, to go before the Lord and ask Him what He wants us to do, to ask Him what the plan is. And so, so much of what we're talking about the rest of this episode is restoring the initiative to God. Prayer can't merely be an agenda item. And um, Cardinal Raniero Canto La Mesa had this great quote uh, on a retreat he led for the U.S. bishops a number of years ago. And we're going to read it to you um, because we think this quote is that powerful to really unpack this third essential principle. So, so I know reading can be boring over the airwaves, but yeah. please tune in because this, is, this is, is really worth reading. He says, One of the critical areas we need to rethink is the relationship between prayer and action. The apostles and saints prayed in order to know what to do and not merely before doing something. If we truly believe that God guides the church with his Holy Spirit and answers when we call, we ought to take the prayers preceding conferences and meetings much more seriously. There is no rush to, quote, get down to business. We do not get down to business unless some answer has been received by way of the Bible or inspiration or a prophetic word. When discussion gets bogged down and no progress is being made, our faith emboldens us to say, friends, let's take a short break and see what light the Lord is willing to throw on our problem. The more time we devote to praying over a problem, the less time will be needed to resolve it. 
We need to restore the power to God, the power of deciding, the initiative, the freedom to intervene at whatever moment in the life of his church. In other words, we need to place our trust back in God, not in ourselves. The church is not a rowboat driven forward by the strength and skill of the arms of those who are in her, but a sailboat driven by the wind which blows it along from above. No one knows where it comes or where it goes, but the wind is caught by the sail of prayer. Man, that's awesome. I, I've seen it, you know, 30 times now. I love it. Isn't it great? And we have so many examples that we can share now since first seeing this. So I'm, I'm excited about sharing some of the yeah, experiences. Like this, this image, I mean, how, much of, how many of us in the church right now, whether it's family life, or parish life, diocesan life, or any apostolate, we feel exhausted. Because what we're doing, I mean, picture yourself in the boat right now. Oh, yeah. You're rowing, right? I mean, it, it's the American image of, of work. Work harder, row harder, grind. I mean, that's the language people love these days. Oh, I'm grinding. But in the church, it's put the sail up and let the Holy Spirit blow that sail where, where he wills. And that's, that is such a, a different um, energy than trying to row, you know? Yeah. Like, let God move the boat, move the plan, move yeah. the, the organization. Yeah, it's and true, stop man. rowing harder yeah. and tell everybody to work harder to do it. Yeah, we keep saying all of this is a change of mind and a change of heart. It yeah. is. It's a paradigm shift. All right, Nick, let's, let's share now three strategic ways to pray that we like to highlight. The first one we call praying with the mindset of a physician. And in doing so, we take into prayer a question something like, Lord, where are we sick? Or where do we most hurt? That could be as a team. That could be as a broad diocese. It could be as a parish. It could be a husband-wife relationship. You know, you go into you and your spouse. It could be a broad presbyterate and taking the prayer lord where are we most sick at one parish they did this the leadership through prayer heard and recognized that people in the parish really didn't know jesus and so what they did then in following that so once you pray lord where are you most sick the next question is lord then reveal to us what is the remedy lord what might be the yeah. remedy so that parish that I mentioned, they brought in Alpha. They said, we had to start from the basics. So that's one way to pray. It's very targeted, but it, it's, it's targeted with the question, but it's pretty open. Where are we most sick? The mindset of a physician. Another way to pray is um, asking the Lord to reveal hell's strategy. Because the enemy gets a vote. This is really big. So the question is, Lord, what's the enemy's strategy to like thwart us or thwart the plan that we have? Because the enemy gets a vote, right? This is, we can't forget this. It's not, it's not like it's just us and Jesus and we discern the plan and execute it. There's a, there's a real um, biblical example for this. Because you could have what you believe is this great plan, this great thing coming up. But the enemy is always seeking and he never sleeps, right? He's always seeking to destroy us, destroy the good works we have going for us or wanting to do. And um, knowing his strategy can be really helpful to just make sure we're, we're aware of how he might be trying to get in, get in the details. It's we're recording this in football season, so I love this one because, you know, it, you can have a great offensive strategy. You could get up to the line of scrimmage and you can just go run that play. But there is a defense, right? There's something else out there that's not going to want you to deliver what you think you're going to deliver. And so, you know, it's just that watching the film of the enemy, understanding what the enemy is going to do, so that when you get up there and realize, 
ah, there's the set. Here, uh, here's what's coming. There might be some division in your leadership team. There might be some, you know, some protests going on or whatever. It's like, what is likely going to be the issue there, and what's the what's your plan around it? No, that's that's exactly it. it you know, um, sports analogies are great for this this one. So, the, a biblical image for this, knowing the enemy strategy, is two kings six. So, the king of Syria is at war with Israel. He keeps trying to attack Israel, but he keeps losing and his, and his uh, tactics are getting thwarted. And so he's getting upset because he's like, how do they always know what we're going to do? And so he says to his council, who in, who in our army is a spy? His council says to him, king, it's not that someone's a traitor. It's that Elisha the prophet is, tell, is telling the, king, the, the kingdom of Israel, everything that you're about to do. They even know what you whisper to yourself in your bedchamber. So imagine, you just play this out for a second. You're, you're trying to win something, and your enemy has God telling them all the time what you're about to do. You would have no chance. So in the same way, we can go to God and ask him, Lord, what is the enemy's plan to stop our parish from succeeding, or our diocese, or our presbyterate, or our family, or our marriage? And God will say something. And that's insight for you to be on the lookout and defend against how the enemy wants to blow up what you're trying to do. And then that brings us to the third strategic way to pray that we like to highlight. And we call this the mindset of a general. Lord, where are you calling us to attack? You know, we are in a battle. And our work in the church is to blow up strongholds of the enemy. Right? So it's, Lord, where are you calling us to attack in light of that? So an example that we have in an area of focus in, in your parish, for example, might be to reclaim marriage for God. So you might attack a stronghold of the enemy in marriage and focus energy and resources in that particular area for a certain period of time. So there's the three ways that we, you know, there's, there's a, we're going to keep talking about this, but there's, there's the three ways. You're thinking of yourself as a leader right now. We want you to, at times, to put on that mindset of a physician. Where are we sick? And then following, flowing from that, Lord, what's the remedy? The second thing Go after hell's strategy. Lord, what's the enemy's strategy to stop us? And then number three, as a leader, put in that mindset of a general. Think of yourself as leading the battle. Lord, where are you calling us to attack? Where are you calling us to take back ground? In addition to that, and really most of the time then, so even though those are targeted, you know, very strategic, most of the time there's this ongoing prayer in the moment. You know, to, right. to reference First Thessalonians, you know, pray without ceasing. So it's, and you're really good at this, Nick, is that in any situation, it could be in the middle of a discussion in a meeting, and it's this, this constant connection, Lord, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me right now? Yeah. You know, where are we going right now, Lord? You know, and it's not that you're shutting out what people are saying, but you're listening to them in light of, Lord... What are you saying to me? What are you saying to us in this moment? So in addition to those three strategic ways, there is this ongoing praying without ceasing, staying in connection to understand. That's exactly right. That can happen in a tough conversation with a friend or a family member, with a child. That can happen with a, uh, a random encounter with someone. And it's like, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me right now? What are you, what are you trying to do right now? So that I can minister God's presence, his love. Sometimes it can be an opportunity to actually evangelize and bring someone to the gospel. Mm -hmm. So while we're talking about 
praying strategically. It's also about praying in the moment. Mm. So as to bring God's grace and to bring encounters with God to others. So it's, it's all the time. So often we, we, we look at God as, as though, you know, oh, if you could just, if you could just hear me. Like if you, you know, I, you know, I know God, you're so busy and you have all these billions of people to look after in this world and, and, and you look at your own sin and you take all that stuff of how you see yourself in the image of God you have and you're like, if you could just come through and please do this one thing, I would, I would, I would do whatever. That mindset is not at all how God sees us. And that's why the biblical worldview comes into play in this principle because it's like, if I don't know who God is, if I don't know the one talking to me, then I don't have that view that allows me the freedom to hear him well. So these, all, these, all these principles play together. I don't Absolutely. Like these three essential principles, as we've mentioned, we consider them an alloy, much stronger together than even the addition of the three together. Or, or the strength of a rope, where you have multiple strings or twines together for a rope. But what gives us confidence in any of this is not our wisdom or Father John's wisdom or Acts 29. It's, it's in Scripture. It's in Scripture. Whether you reference Matthew or any other example, we know that from a biblical worldview and from our own healing and getting closer to the Lord, that we are then able to ask and also then able to hear. Amen. Amen. And, and for those of you who are maybe listening to this and you're planners, right? We, some of us are uh, more planned than others. Our dear friend and brother and teammate, Albert, often says, I'm a recovering planner. I think he has sufficiently recovered. <laughs> but, you know, the point of even bringing that up is to say, if you're, if you're a planner type, it's important to know God doesn't show us the whole plan. I'm pretty sure you can't find any biblical example of God revealing the whole plan to anyone uh, in the Bible. He shows us step by step. Right? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. A lamp unto your feet, you can only see one or two steps ahead. You can't see the destination. And so this is this is the this is key to this attitude. We have to have this rhythm, or I should say this mindset. We have to have this rhythm, this habit of going to prayer again and again, hearing God, doing the hard work of discernment, seeing what the next step is, taking that step in faith and confidence, knowing the one who just revealed this step in the plan, holds the whole world in all of our lives in his very hands. It, it truly is a mindset. And this is one where we, we always have to make it clear. We're not saying you don't plan. Right. right. We believe there's power in planning. I mean, we work with leadership. We work with people, leaders and teams to plan. We plan what we're doing. It's a mindset of the Lord may change that plan overnight. We, let's use St. Joseph as an example. You know, his plan, nobly, we think nobly, was... He's going to divorce Mary. Finds out she's with child, wants to save face for her, not sure what to do. His plan was, let's go this route, divorce. Right. The plan changed overnight. Amen. Right? And thank God it changed. <laughs> and then after Jesus is born, I mean, the plan was, well, let's go back home, but oh, you're going to go to Egypt, and you're going to stay there until King Herod dies. You know, the plan changed. So you need a plan, absolutely, and we, we, we recognize the value of planning. But more important than that is that you recognize the Lord may put you in a different plan. The plan's the plan until we have a better plan. And, and, and there's countless examples. We could spend hours soaking in Scripture with all these examples of how this works. I mean, St. Paul, just one more quick one comes to mind, right? St. Paul, he's planning to go to Asia to proclaim the gospel. So the missionary of all time, if you will, 
has a plan. It had to be solid. I mean, Paul was extremely intelligent. And so here's the plan. We're going here. You know, can imagine he's held counsel. All his people are ready to roll. And as they begin that journey, boom, in his dream, the Holy Spirit brings to him the Macedonian man. He says, nope, we need you to come over here. So Paul drops that plan, picks up the new one. So that's the flexibility we need as leaders to say, plans are good. It's good to say, I intend to do this. But as we continue to pray, we have this flexibility and openness where it's like, hey, God might reveal something new. And with that new data information, the trajectory is going to shift. Right. And it seemed to work for Paul, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, did all right. I think so. Not, bad. Not too shabby. We date the world. Okay. So how might this look? For those for those of you listening, like, all right, how does this actually work if, I'm, if you haven't been doing it? So you're part of a leadership team. You decide we're going to take it to the chapel. Right? You might have a very specific question. Where are we most sick? Or what's the enemy's strategy? Or a particular topic. You might have a couple alternatives. You actually take it to the chapel. You take 30 minutes. You might say, what? You take 30 minutes out of a meeting day? <laughs> yes. We say, yes, do it. Might be 15. Might be 20. You might take a full holy hour. Something. Take your notepad in there. What's the Lord saying? Some people will see things. Some people hear things. Some people will get a clear idea. And we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. But as important as that element of it is, you come back together then. And then you share with each other, what did the Lord say to you? And you're listening as people are sharing what the Lord said to them. Because it's still part of the process. You want to listen to the Lord when you're in the chapel. And you want to listen for the Lord through your teammates when they're sharing. And, and we see it time and time and time and time again where you hear the voice collectively. And the other thing that's so interesting to me is, especially compared to kind of like the corporate world, if you will, the mindset and the attitudes of people when they're sharing their ideas. This is what I think the Lord said to me. How can you be agitated with somebody who says, I think the Lord said this to me? Right. And it's just a more collaborative environment. It's, a, it's deeper listening. I'm not just waiting my turn to give my idea. Right. It's a beautiful thing, the way it happens. And sometimes you have to go back into the chapel. Right? Sometimes it might be, wow, we are all over still. Let's go back in some more. Yeah, it's, it's a couple of stories to illustrate this, right? Um, so one is from our own X29 experience, just... We just got done with an offsite, no. a three-day offsite, and um, days one and two with our leadership team, and we took time each day, open with mass, then we had prayer time, to just ask the Lord to speak into the work, uh, and then we would discuss what we heard in prayer, and in those first two days, uniquely, we had this huge, robust list of all the stuff we were trying to get through. In fact, I, I, I don't know if we ever exactly vocalized it, but I looked at it and I thought, man, I do not know if we're going to be able to check all these off. And... And this is in light of, we took a couple hours to pray and, sure enough, and discuss. And sure enough, we knocked out that whole list in two days. Yeah. And then, and this is perhaps our collective favorite part, is on, on day three, our whole team comes together for the offsite. And we opened with a long time of prayer and a long time of discussion. And the question we took to prayer um, this day was like, Lord, what are you saying to us? It was very simple. We all went to chapel. We all came back. And there's um, 10 of us around the table, and every single person had probably, uh, not probably, everybody had kind of something from the Lord that was speaking to them personally, and they shared yeah. that. Yeah. And then something from the Lord that was for the whole of us. 
And all of them were both deeply impactful. It ministered to one another. And when God speaks truth to one person, that's not just for that individual, it's, it's for everybody. And so there's this beautiful opportunity to minister to one another by just hearing the Lord speaking to each other's lives. You, you hear about like a little bit about what's going on in this person's life, mm-hmm. how God's relating to them, how they're relating to God, how they, sometimes you even just hear how people hear in prayer, how they see in prayer. Um, and then by the end of that time, um, there were more than a few, uh, a few uh, tears shed, right? Yeah. The team just got stronger. And so there's this great example of how the biblical worldview is coming to bear because the closer we get, the more intimate we get to Jesus, the more biblically we see. So people are growing in their worldview. We're sharing it as a team which makes us more of a family because we're sharing that prayer experience. Healthier, healthier, healthier for individuals, gosh, healthier yeah, exactly. as a team. The both, yeah. the both, the communal yeah. and the personal. Yeah. And then we're doing that all while we're trying to exercise this third principle of God has the plan. And so in, a, in just yeah. a little bit of time, all three principles are doing that alloy thing. Right. And we're just, there's this explosion of grace upon us. Right. Versus an agenda item. Okay, who's got prayer today? Right. You did prayer. Okay, you're done. Now let's get to the work. Right. All that work was happening, listening to the Lord, sharing with each other, listening again. Unbelievable. And so you're exactly right on. And you come out of that with direction, more Mm -hmm. aligned direction, stronger as a team, more healed as individuals as well. You know, it was. We had some personal things going on last week. Yeah. And we had a tragedy in one of our teammates' families. We had, it was was an anniversary of some tragedy in a couple of us, myself included. And how that all played together, and you're right, then all of a sudden things start, you know, the, the checklist also got done. Now, we want to be careful that it's not about efficiency. That's right. But we'll, we'll talk about that one a little bit later. But I, I want to just touch on another example here, because, uh, you know, we, we compare a lot to corporate world and the church. The church is such an opportunity here that if we treat it like a corporate world, we're not tapping into this opportunity. This ability to go to prayer and then unpack the prayer and share with each other. So I have a couple of corporate clients every now and then. I'll go work with somebody corporately. And I just wish I could take them to prayer because there's nothing else that's going to get them <laughs> off of certain issues that they have. All right, guys, let's go pray. Yeah, we, we have, you and I were in one of our, one of our locations. And the, the team was trying to, if, if any of you have ever gone through the exercise of doing, we're going to establish our core values, Okay. That could take forever, and you could get on word. Is it a the or is it an ah? Uh, yeah, right, and it's yeah. just painful. Like, what's our, our core values, and how do we define it? So we were we had an agenda, a two full day agenda with this with this team. Yeah, so we were mission guiding this team. You and I yep. mission guiding this team, and so and we're like, okay, and we had a jammed agenda, and part of it was we're going to finalize core values, which now they call mission values, and I'm like, there's no way we're going to get through it. We only have this much time dedicated to it. And this team is so good now, and it's so natural for them to go to prayer. They call it on their own. They don't need us to call it, right? And this team then said, you know, we got to take this to prayer. And we're like, yeah, you do, but man, we don't have a lot of time, so maybe. And they're like, but wait a minute. Before we do core values or mission values, we should <laughs> arrive at what are our core convictions first? <laughs> And in my mind, I'm thinking, ah, it makes sense. Our stress meters are going oh, yeah, way up. There's no way this will be done today. We're gonna, it's gonna be another couple months. Okay, go ahead. Wow. Oh my. And it was the Holy Spirit. And they go do that. They come back after 25 minutes. The alignment was incredible. The energy was incredible. They're like, man, I heard this. I, th- I think I heard this. And 
They get all, and then, all right, now with that, these are our convictions. Let's go back. They go back to the chapel. Mm. They came back. I mean, it was a beautiful thing. And I know we get concerned because I don't want our, our listeners to think, oh, this is just going to be faster. This is a tool to be more efficient. Oh, yeah. At times, it is incredibly, almost in, in, my, in my facilitation world, right, and, and it, worked, it was somewhat miraculous to me. It, it was so aligned oh, yeah. and so crystal clear. And, the, and they arrived on it, and then the beauty of it is they were so excited about it. Right. It's like, this is right, because this isn't just our work. We think this is of God, and that was beautiful. So good example, I think. Yeah, and Rick, you, you, you mentioned when you were talking there, uh, like it's not about you know being efficient basically like this isn't it's not it's like a magic trick like okay we have this god who will tell us what to do and it will, everything will go faster now or whatever like sometimes it's not faster let's just own that but it's about in, it, it's it's about relationship like i'm going to the god who rescued me and who loves me to ask him what he wants to do here i'm going to go i'm going to i'm going to ask him for his counsel and his wisdom and so the whole prayer effort, this whole praying in order to know what to do, this notion that God has the plan, is a temptation, if you habituate it, to be like, all right, we have a question, let's go take it to prayer now and get the, get the answer. It's like, no, it's a movement of grace that should, that should change our hearts. It should change the way we see ourselves, the way we see one another. And, and there's going to be times where it's more profound relationally and times where it's more profound strategically. But they're always in unison. This it's it's this beautiful movement of grace, and so it's not just about going to him for the plan. It's about going to him because of who he is, and from that place he reveals the plan. So I just want to make sure this doesn't become transactional for anybody. Just kind of guard against that. But then there's another question that can come up, and it comes up actually a lot in ministry, uh, Rick, where we go around the country. It's like, how do we know that it's God talking to us? Mm-hmm. And that's a huge question. It's a great question. Um, we're not going to answer that in this episode, only because that would t- that's a whole other episode. So at some point in the near future, I'm sure we'll work on getting um, an episode out that just gets into like discernment. How do you know it's God speaking to you? So anyway, without getting lost on it, why did we just do this three-part mini-series on these three essential principles? And it's because it, they work. Like, we are so excited to share them with the world because they work for you personally for your teams, for your organizations, the groups you're a part of. And those three principles, again, are reacquiring the biblical worldview. It's not enough to be a staff, to become more than a staff, a team, and ultimately a family. And it's God has the plan. And so being renewed in our minds with with these principles and pressing into them intentionally, applying them, if you will, in every area of our lives will bring transformation to you, your families, your organizations, we, we, we truly believe it because we've seen it in our lives, in the lives of our families, in the lives of those we've been called to work with through Acts 29. And there's so much more on every single one of these principles than we could ever share in just a few podcasts. They're really just a way of life. It's a way of living. Uh, it's a way of living differently. And in that light, I'd like us to reflect on Romans 12 too, which says, Do not conform yourselves to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and pleasing and perfect. So Nick, let, let's, let's go to the mission challenge. We'll go on a mission challenge in, the, in light of all this today. Are we going to lay on our bishops, pastors, any lay leader that's out there, family leader? 
right, we love the mission challenges. So this is very simple. The mission challenge this episode is to start your next meeting with prayer. Prayer in order to know what to do. Deep prayer, not just a prayer, but time in the chapel with Jesus. Just wasting time with him, asking him to speak into whatever you're working on. And if you don't have something readily like to take to prayer, then we challenge you to take this question to prayer. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to us right now? And take that to him, you know, 20, 30 minutes. Personally, collectively, ask him to speak into that. And if you're, and if you're a married couple, you have a family, Holy Spirit, what are you doing in our family? So take these questions to the chapel or, or, or your prayer spot, okay? And then wait. Wait and listen for God to speak, the Holy Spirit to speak. Listen to him first. And then flowing out of that time, listen to one another. Because God's going to speak into the conversation as well. You're going you're gonna to align on what he's saying through one another as well. So that's the mission challenge. Go and do this thing. But as always, we want to pray that all this episode and this mission challenge kind of gets activated in our minds and hearts. And so let's just pray. We want to pray for you. Rick and I right now want to pray for you who are listening um, in a particular way. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit, right now, uh, we ask you to move in the hearts and minds of all those who are listening to this. All of the leaders, stir their faith. Come, Holy Spirit, increase the faith of each of us who are leaders. Uh, Give us desire and courage to do this work of praying in order to know what to do, of creating space in our calendar, Holy Spirit, that that you would have time in our hearts and minds to actually share what it is you want to do, what you're saying to us. And for anybody who is struggling with unbelief or that this doesn't work, we don't have time to do this, the lies that God's not going to speak to me or that I can't hear him because of who I am or what I've done. Holy Spirit, right now, we just ask you to, ask you to come and set us free, set, set our listeners free from any of these lies, any of these unbeliefs. Holy Spirit, set us free from any self-reliance. Come, Holy Spirit, and replace these with faith and trust. Come, Holy Spirit, give us confidence. Fill us with deep surrender to the Father. Come, Holy Spirit, give hope right now in Jesus' name that God is a good Father who wants to give us his kingdom, give us his gifts, that God wants to reveal his plans to us. Come, Holy Spirit, give us this belief, this truth. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Nick. That was beautiful. So as we come to the end of this episode, we pray that it's uh, that it was impactful for you. And, and if it was, we just ask that you share it with anybody who you think may find some value in this podcast. And with that, that's it for episode five. Go and ask God for his plan, and then listen to his answer. <laughs>